Hey everybody, and welcome back to Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, uh, one of the heads. And I'm Dane, the head with the great mustache. <laughs> Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you, and even play some games. Well, uh, Dane, what are we discussing today? Well, Cosmo, last time we discussed uh, our Eclipse engine geared toward players, so today we're going to discuss our Eclipse engine, but geared toward Game Masters. Awesome. So, let's get started. Uh, what we're going to cover is a lot of kind of the same stuff we covered last episode, but uh, with a different perspective. Uh, talk about a little a couple different things. So we'll go over again. It's an attribute plus skill system uh, We're gonna get into the difficulties uh, and What the roles mean when players need to make a role? Uh, we're talking about creating NCPs for your players. Uh, we're talking about combat and uh, other GM tools So a uh, quick reminder of what the Eclipse engine is first of all, this is uh, This is going to deal with some stuff we talked about in our last episode. So if you haven't listened to that one, you should go back and listen to that one. Um, and also download the Eclipse Engine on 2HGM.com. It's free, and free. that way you can follow along with this. Uh, but the Eclipse Engine is our original role-playing system. It is an attribute plus skill system, which means you add skill values to your attributes to determine how hard or easy a role is going to be. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to get so into how it. hard or about, easy is a role. Yeah. How hard or easy is it? And as a game master, how do you determine that? So, so um, last, last episode, uh, we talked as the player is like, I had an example is I was, I was a gunslinger trying to shoot a skeleton. Uh, and the difficulty was the skeletons dodge. But, uh, what if, you're not attacking somebody. What if uh, you're trying to climb a cliff? Handy, handy dandy chart here, uh, page four of the Eclipse Engine. Uh, it's difficulty guidelines. Uh, so it's not a hard, fast rule. It's a guideline. So if you want something to be moderately difficult, say a cliff, uh, moderately difficult to climb up, boom, right there. Maybe, maybe it's an 11. Difficulty of 11, it's going to be moderate because the the average player skill is probably going to be slightly lower than that so they're going to have to roll higher mm -hmm. so a reminder about what we discussed last week about how difficulty is actually determined and how you get your rolls uh dane set the difficulty of this cliff at 11 you would cross that with the um the climbing skill or the base dexterity of the character attempting to do it, reference the difficulty determination chart, and that will give you a minimum roll that that player needs to hit or beat in order to succeed in their action. And if they fail, then you know you get to assess some penalties. If they succeed, then they move on. They made it. Right. So as as a game master, and we can return to my uh, my gunslinger character trying to kill it, um, the skeleton. So. As a game master, you're running a scenario. The player's going to shoot a skeleton. You got your chart here on page four. 
the top, the row, the x-axis is the player, and the y-axis will be, uh, in this case, the NPC. The enemy or the obstacle. Sometimes it's not right. a character. Right. Sometimes it's a cliff. Right. Right. So you you would you would start by asking, all right, Cosmo. Well, we should do it reverse yeah. because it was my I'll character. Do it. So Dane, uh, what is the? <laughs> um, well, let's let's do an attack. Let's do an attack again, real fast. Oh, okay. Um, so Dane, what is the? Uh, what is your attack value? You're trying to attack this other skeleton. What is your dex right. plus your gun skill? So my dex is eight, but I do have a gunslinger skill with a plus one, so a total of nine. Okay. Game master, sir. All right. So this ninja or this skeleton is a ninja. That's I tried. <laughs> so his dexterity is higher, actually. His dexterity is eleven. So your nine versus his eleven means you have to roll Squiggly a twelve leg. or better in order to hit him. Squiggly with your leg skeleton. Yeah, a wiggly skeleton. All right. So there you go. Uh, as a game master, you take the player's nine and you go find on the y-axis the the uh, eleven there, and then boom, you got your minimum success roll. Mm -hmm. So if I roll a twelve, that's a success. Maybe you're the type of game master that minimum success um, maybe gets some nerf on damage or something like that. Something else happens. Uh, but it doesn't have to be success. We're not going to weigh in on that. In that book. is that is yeah. up to you to apply or not apply. We do recommend that with. natural twenties. Uh, natural twenties always uh, crush it. Yeah, whatever they're attempting to do, they should, you know, they should exceed. They should succeed in whatever they're attempting to do. But that doesn't necessarily mean that like they get whatever they want. Yes. Um. Let's uh, do another quick example. Let's say this gunslinger character is all out of bullets, and he's in a shop. And he doesn't have that much money, so he's trying to charm the shopkeeper to get him a better price on mm. new bullets. Well, unfortunately, I uh, spent all my attribute points on my dexterity and other things. So, charisma's not looking too hot. Uh, mm. Let's say it's a six. Okay. No skill. Well, unfortunately, six and no skill. Unfortunately, this shopkeeper, like, he's been around and uh, he's a very good salesman. That's kind of what his stats are buffed into. And his uh, charisma is 11 plus a bargaining skill, which brings it up to 12. So your six against mm -hmm. his 12 means you're going to need to roll a 16 or better in order to charm him into a lower price for your gear. So that might not be the best way to go in this situation. Probably not. Uh, and also I just want to, you know, make it not clear, but <clears throat> you don't necessarily have to have that shopkeeper. As a game master, you don't mm -hmm. necessarily have to have that shopkeeper with a full array of stats and everything. You could just be like, you know what, this shopkeeper is kind of a hard ass, so... It's going to be... I'm going to make this role kind of more difficult. I'm going to make it hard. It's need, you know, like a skill. I'm going to make it a skill difficulty if they're going to try to get a bargain out of this guy because yeah. he's been around. So that is how a uh, an interpersonal action attempt might go and how, as a game master, you would sort of determine that stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, let's do one more against a physical sure. obstacle. Let's... All right. Well, hey, Cosmo, you got a. There's this big lock okay. blocking blocking your path. Uh, a locked door, and it's got this big padlock on it. Ah. How are you gonna get through? All right. Well, um, I'm gonna try my lock picking on it. So my perception, my character in this situation, we're just making him up real quick. Um, he is kind of a, you know, a wily street kid and he's picked a lock or two in his time. He also has uh, some lock picking gear. So not a, um, not a skill ad for lock picking, but he has a kit for lock picking. So a perception, um, a perception value of eight plus a non-combat uh, buff in the form of a lockpicking kit at a uh, fair, which gives me actually plus four. So eight plus four gives me 12 as well, my total. Right value. on, brother. So when I said a big lock, I meant like it's huge built for giants they oh. didn't expect some like little little man so it's pretty easy because like you could have <laughs> just like stuck your finger in there okay uh, so i set the difficulty at five right if you had 12 with your lock picking uh equipment you would only need a minimum roll of three hey, that's pretty uh that's pretty easy roll i think i'm getting through this lock i think so too unless i boof it but Unless you f- a critical failure, always a possibility, always a fear of the player. Uh, you know, in our experience, we don't do a lot of, like, critical fail extra stuff. Like, oh, I failed, yeah. I critical failed, so I shot myself. No, uh, we don't we'll just, do a you know, we'll that. say something like, you know, whatever you were using, it it malfunctioned, whatever. You right. got to spend do, an action. We to... do, uh, like, a gun jam or, yeah, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very Usually just like friendly. a fumble or, a, like, you yeah. tripped or, you know. Basically, you usually just lose that action and you might be at, you know, some sort of disadvantage for the next one. But we don't like to do uh, a roll of one ending in some sort of catastrophic failure. But, you know, if you're, if you're the type of game master who uh, thinks that is the best thing for your story, then who are we to disagree? Yeah. Um, so that is our sort of quick uh, how as a game master you would resolve a couple of things. There was a combat example, an interpersonal example, and a physical obstacle example. That is the basics of running this system. You take the character attempting an action and you use the tools in the engine to assign a difficulty to that action. That difficulty is going to give you a minimum roll. The player attempting the action attempts it and you see how well they roll. All right, so how do you create NCPs and enemies uh, keeping difficulty in mind. Well, players start off with 45 attributes. They get their 7 skills and they get their 20 gear points. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean that NPCs do. Uh, if you want to make harder NCPs, 
probably they're closer to like an actual player character mm-hmm. in terms of stats and loadout. A player versus player interaction could be very lethal in this situation. Like player characters with high quality gear and fully flushed out stats are more than capable of killing each other in a couple of rounds. So if you're creating enemies and NPCs and you don't want them to be able to wipe out your party, the general rule to increase or lower difficulty is to increase or lower the amount of attribute points you spend with a player character being a pretty high level, or not high level, but a, uh, a pretty even match for any player character. Right. Uh, something that I like to do is just as a rule, as a game master creating stuff is uh, all enemies have just poor gear. I do that as unless, well. Unless they are like a mini boss or a boss or right. an important enemy or character. And that uh, is like just random bandits. Poor. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's kind of key to ramping up the difficulty of your encounters as your players, you know, move through an adventure, um, improve their skill points, um, find better gear, then, you know, you can start ramping that up. But the, you know, a random bandit is a great example of a low-level enemy in a role-playing campaign, and you wouldn't want them to be coming at your players with, you know, the highest quality sword (laughs) and you know, chopping all their arms off in the first combat encounter. So, yeah. Um, quality of gear is another way that you can help uh, yourself level out the difficulty. Poor quality gear is a good starting point for enemies. And as you as you want to up the difficulty, you can give them more attributes, more skills, or you can increase the quality of their gear. Mm. Uh, we're we uh we're gonna do a character creation episode, uh. So we're gonna talk more in depth about actually giving characters attribute points and like how to make uh certain character like if you're a game master and you want to make like an enemy thief or an injure or whatever, how do you do that? We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um. And the last sort of thing in this, in creating NPCs and enemies, we are, uh, you know, we're going to get much more into this when we go through creating a character. But um, during that process, this is when you would work with players to make up their original skills, um, make up specific gear items they want. And And magic or special items. Develop the magic system. An enemy wizard. Right, if you want there to be magic, uh, make sure your players know their magic. Uh, unless you know that could be a cool reveal too. It's like mm. you guys are all magical, but you don't know it yet. And then you fight a wizard, and then you all get an extra magic skill. Yeah, like that's pretty cool. But but in order to do that, like that, you still need to know what it is. So you need yeah. to think of a couple things. You need to think of what the effects are going to be, and then uh, what they cost to implement or how they're implemented right you get those things down i believe you have a successful magic system or maybe it's a technology system like Mm -hmm. um, some cybernetics or 
bionic enhancements or um, you know a magical piece of gear a uh, you know a thor's hammer type you know a weapon that can be thrown and returns to their hand as long as you as long as you know how you want it to behave what it should cost and how it should um you know how it should be accessed in the game basically have free reign to make whatever you want and the eclipse engine is flexible enough to support anything that you want to come up with yeah all right so hopefully uh if you're a um a fresh game master who doesn't have a lot of experience uh you got some ideas turning in your heads about how to make up npcs and enemies and that kind of stuff uh but here we're getting to the meat of it. Um, combat, because isn't that what every story needs is some conflict. Mm-hmm. Most conflicts are violent. Uh, Especially in a role-playing game. But in a role-playing game, most conflicts are violent. Yeah. Or there's a chance for potential violence, I guess. There's a potential. So, let's talk about it. Yeah. We're going to take you through it now. Um, a combat encounter in the Eclipse Engine is you know the only time where a hard turn order is enforced and where um, there are real like rules and limitations. So in a combat encounter, every character has two actions unless you know they're a special character with special abilities. but every player character has two actions. most enemies are gonna have two actions. Um, these include you know like moving and attacking. But we have some other ones as well. There's special actions like take cover or use your shield. There's also right. some special attacks. We're not going to go through all of them. They're listed in the engine. But uh, so uh, so essentially, uh, there's two types. There's the non-combat actions like the take cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's all the attacks you can do. Uh, you can just do a base attack, of course. Mm-hmm. But then there are uh, special have... attacks for different like weapon types or. Uh, different you know, sort of special loadouts. some special rules and just to keep it keep it fun and interesting uh you can do different things and by all means these are not the only ones if you guys feel strongly that we miss one feel free to make one up mm, yeah no problem there um but so in but they do have specific rules yeah so in a turn of combat we've already discussed one of these things quite a lot or, well, you've heard the example a couple of times. Uh, this gunslinger character attacking um, another character. Determining whether or not an attack hits is the same as determining whether any other action succeeds. And we'll just go through that again real quick. Um, yeah. Dane, your character's dexterity plus attack skill. Uh, he's got a dexterity of eight. And he's got a gunslinger skill of plus one, so that's a total of nine. Okay. So we'll say in this situation he's fighting another gunslinger. Um, And this gunslinger has similar stats. He has a base dexterity of ten, but he doesn't have any sort of dodge skill. So your value of nine against his value of ten means that in order to hit him with a shot, you need to roll an eleven or better. Same as any other difficulty determination and then roll resolution. So if I, let's just say I rolled 11 or better. Yeah. So that's a hit. That is a hit. And now we get into the meat of the combat system. So 
Let's explain so the once, hit results. Once an attack hits, it's on the Game Master to assess damage. Yeah. Now, we're not going to go through all of these effects, but um, essentially, the damage of your weapon minus the character's toughness is going to determine where you roll on this table. You roll a d10 on this table, and that is going to give you the effect of that attack. Right, and that's same same for when player characters take damage. When they get hit, they are defending with their toughness, uh, plus armor, or maybe they're, they got their shield up in time, of course. So we call mm -hmm. that the effective toughness, is your base toughness of your attribute, plus any bonuses or equipment you have. Enemies can also have armor and shields and whatnot. So, just for uh, for this example's sake, we're going to say this other gunslinger that Dane just shot has a base toughness of 6. He also has some armor, which brings him up to 8 That's toughness. Dane, what is the uh, damage value of your pistol? Well, I'm going to say that I spent, armor. when I created my character, I spent 7 points to make it excellent. So looking okay. at the table here, that gives it 15 damage points. Okay. That's 15 so, damage. His toughness plus body armor is 8, so we subtract 8 from the damage of Dane's gun. Beep, boop, beep. That's 7. So I do 7 okay. damage. Now, we find 7 on the combat results table and we roll a d10. This is the only other time in the Eclipse engine where you have to use a different dice. And that is going to tell you what effect you got out of this. So let's say that d10 rolled an eight. So on the seven row, that gives you a leg wound. At so Dane, you shot this guy in the leg and gave him a leg wound. And we won't get into um, every single one of these effects, mm -hmm. but we'll just briefly explain what a leg wound does. First of all, they suffer two toughness penalties. Their toughness goes down by two. When it reaches zero, obviously they die. Um, and they also suffer a minus two to their speed value. The speed cannot be less than one, but it's reduced by two, which means... You know, they're going to be slower for the rest of the combat encounter. There are a series of combat effects like this, and all of them work in the same way to reduce toughness and then also affect the attributes of the afflicted character negatively. So the more hurt you get, the easier it is to get hurt worse, and the harder it is to succeed with the rest of your actions and yep. attacks. So, like, if I attacked him again... This guy would be defending, so say I hit him, he would be mm -hmm. defending with two less toughness penalty, two less toughness because he took two penalties on my previous shot. Of toughness. So, yeah. so the next time we would only be subtracting six from Dane's weapon. Uh, and I'd, I'd be weapon, doing more damage, yeah. And he'd be rolling on the 11. And the higher up you go on the combat results table, the more likely you are to achieve a lethal yeah. effect. So I think it's important just to note this one out. So 
if you can deal 11 damage, right? Uh, so you take your weapon damage, subtract the defending dam uh, toughness, and you toughness. get 11, you have a 1 out of 10 chance of just straight killing them. Mm -hmm. Same for player characters, too. If you take 11 damage, there's a 1 in 10 chance you might just die. Dead. Right. No coming back from that. And that, um, that was a deliberate design choice on our part. We wanted combat to feel a little crunchy, but mostly we wanted to feel um, frightening and lethal. We didn't want combat rounds to go on for hours and hours of chipping away hit points. We wanted a quick firefight or a quick sword fight to mm -hmm. quickly end in the death of the enemy characters, but also possibly in the death or wounding of player characters. Which is part of why uh, we've structured the game so that it is so easy to come up with characters. Your characters might die. Yeah. Uh, definitely could. So combat should be uh, exhilarating and should be a little scary uh, for your players mm -hmm. because they might just die. Now, that doesn't mean that they have to stick into a they don't have to fight the combat all the way until they die there's always run away if you're in over your head run away always an option yeah and as a game master you should keep that in mind too if a uh if you throw a monster at your party and they do a little bit of damage to it maybe it doesn't have to be a fight to the death you know if you if you shoot a big cat or, you know, a monstrous predator or something, once or twice, you, uh, they might not want to stick around and see out the rest of the fight. They might want to run off and lick their wounds. And then maybe that's, you know, maybe that's a hook for them to come back later. But not every fight needs to always be to the right. death. Or maybe, maybe it's the opposite. You throw a monster at your players, and it's just wreaking havoc. Like, they can't handle it they're rolling badly that day or something and like this isn't their time like there's still a bunch of story left to be told well maybe that monster takes a wound its first wound that it takes and then it leaves because like mm -hmm. hey i just came to see how much i could hurt you guys and then the first time you hurt me i'm gonna leave and then now they're really scared to run into that monster again and like oh we gotta train up mm-hmm the combat results are going to determine certain things like how hurt or in what way characters get hurt from a combat encounter, but they should all serve the story. And if, uh, you know, if a combat encounter needs to be altered for the story, don't be afraid to. Uh, um, so real quick. Um, so toughness penalties and other types of damage are, are kind of different. So toughness penalties are just like the, most basic type of damage. Mm -hmm. uh, so we talked about your toughness being like your life. And if you reach zero, so say you have a toughness of five and you take five toughness penalties, that is death. It doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. have to be death. Uh, if it's not a good time in the story, uh, if you're really attached to your character and you talk through your game master, you know, there's extenuating circumstances there. But how it's written is you reach your toughness penalties. You reach your toughness, uh, then it, uh, it kills you. 
So toughness penalties are not permanent. They are just for that uh, yes. combat, right? So that's, Yeah, that's the last thing to say about combat here. Your toughness penalties affect you only during the combat encounter. When right, it's over, so they go They away. don't stick around like uh, D&D health-like points. Mm. Like, you don't have to... You take three toughness penalties in a combat. As soon as that combat's over, You're those back should be full given toughness. Back. But if you lost a lot of, if you suffered a lot of toughness penalties during that combat encounter, you're also going to be suffering some other right. injuries. You might be, you might have a concussion, you might have a broken leg you know, or uh, right, whatever, right? Uh, and first aid, um, the difficulties are in the in the table. Uh, so read. Read the Eclipse Engine. Uh, be sure you know how to heal. Game Masters, be sure to you know how to facilitate healing. Players, know how to heal your characters. Uh, it's mm-hmm. We feel like it's pretty simple. Um, but, you know, if it's not, give us some comments and we're, do a, we're talking about it in an episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll get more into it. We will also eventually be playing on this podcast and you'll get to hear us actually like run through some of this stuff. And hopefully if it's not clear now, that will make it a little more clear. Um, moving on, that's combat. The uh, last few things we're going to talk about are a few more just like helpful game master tools. And the main one before we get into the miscellaneous stuff is how you award experience to your players and how you facilitate them um, not really leveling up, but progressing. Right. So we thought it was uh, a good idea to include a mechanic like this. So we have it real simple. Uh, One XP point, you get one skill add. Uh, We don't really give a lot of like how do you acquire XP? Uh, because that should be up to the game master and players. Uh, so it's not like you kill a bandit, you get one XP. Uh, it should be more for like achieving goals. So like you have mm. a big mission to stop these pirates from killing people or whatever, right? Uh, you destroy one of their ships, maybe you get a couple XP because it took you three or four sessions to do that, right? So it's you got to keep it a balance. Definitely don't be handing out XP for every monster that they uh, your players kill. Um, yeah. You save it for big feats because players are already so, so powerful and uh, competent already that just to hand out a bunch of XP after like the first 30 minutes of play, then like, then it's just going to get crazy. Yeah. So we have a little table in the bottom of the, uh, at the bottom of the Eclipse engine, page 14, which describes the specific rewards that you offer and what they cost in XP points. So, Adding plus one to one of your skills costs one XP point. Swapping one of your old skills for a new one costs two XP points. Learning an entirely new skill, so going up 
going from seven to eight skills. That costs three XP points. And adding a plus one to one of your attributes, that also costs three XP points. It's uh, plainly laid out in the back of the engine, but that is the system that we've implemented for player progression and uh, character reward. Now, aside from that, we just have a couple other tips and helpful little uh, game master tools that we wanted to discuss. Um, so we we put ammo, ammunition uh, is really the only one we have uh, that we talk about in the Eclipse document. Yes. Uh, so ammunition is a way to balance the game some more um personally we uh the two-headed game master is not a big stickler on ammunition we do not uh keep a hard count on players uh ammunition or our our npc's ammunition um but you definitely could uh if you're doing um you know, a post-apocalyptic guns and uh, swords kind of deal. Definitely limit the ammo. Uh, Make it Mm -hmm. so that every shot counts and every shot is a decision. Do I take a shot or do I use my knife? It's also, it can be a good way to introduce, um, well, it can be a good way to balance uh, the capabilities of characters with like guns and bows and stuff with melee characters melee characters are already capable of doing a lot of damage but they need to close the distance in the first place and if you want an encounter to be balanced one way or the other you can fool around with how much ammunition people have in order to you know guide the experience the way you want the post-apocalyptic example is interesting because it also could be a situation where uh, ammunition was not only what you fought with, but it's money. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as like the currency that you allow your players, that is a thing that we don't have any hard advice for. We do recommend that if you're going to if you're going to run a, a money system, any sort of like in-game economy and allow players to you know have money and have buying power then you need to be careful about that you need to be deliberate about what they're capable of doing with that stuff right and and also why like is it just like oh what does that add you don't have enough money for a beer at a bar s i why can't they just give give them a beer but like Right. If, like, they don't have enough money to, like, buy the black market, like, transmission that they need for their car, and their car is really important because they got to get from A to B, like, that's a fun, like, mechanic. They got to do a couple of odd jobs. Yeah. Um, and, you know, be conscious of what you allow them to purchase with that. It's usually right. good to have just, like, a set reward that they're going to get enough money to get this set reward. Um, unless you want to go really in depth with creating a inventory and, uh, you know, like pricing model, because then you could very quickly have characters who are buying high quality gear and, 
uh, you know, becoming too powerful for the adventure that you've made that you've seen you know, same same with like food and like water and survival uh equipment um you know fun fun stuff can be done with that um but mm-hmm. easy kind of easy to do it wrong easy to over manage and micromanage that and uh but you know if that's what your players are into then you know that's definitely possible and definitely something you can think about uh, especially if that's what the adventure is built around right but if it's not then probably don't bother too much with like food and survival mechanics uh you know think of it the same way in the gear and equipment purchasing phase of character creation um basic adventurers gear they just get if you don't feel like it will affect the story or you don't want to deal with it or you know it's not the focus of your adventure, then mm. probably don't worry about stuff. And, like then, that. and that's not to say like you got to shut it down, but like, oh, my character wants a bag of beef jerky. That's like their favorite food. So every time we stop in a town, I'm like, you guys got any beef jerky? You guys got any beef jerky? Don't like be yeah. like, oh, well, we're not doing food, so stop doing. Yeah, that. don't shut that down. Let them but do it as just, a uh, you know, little as a role playing thing. Yeah. A thing about their character. Um, but aside from that, that's all we have, I think. Those two episodes should be all you need to... At least get started. Get started right? with the Eclipse Engine. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, for episode two of the Eclipse Engine. Uh, and episode two of our podcast, Two-Headed Game yeah. Master. All, you know... All very many of you. We've probably got millions of listeners by this point. I think so. <laughs> this episode, we uh, recapped the attribute plus skill system. We reminded you what the Eclipse engine is and why we developed it, how to use it. We talked about difficulty determination and resolving roles. We talked about creating uh, characters and enemies. We went through the combat system and we talked about some other useful game master tools that we have thought of and that we've built into the engine join us next time uh when we talk about making a character really go through the process uh both player and npc uh get real into depths of that uh check us out at 2hgm.com uh download the eclipse engine it's live at 2hgm.com right now you can download that for free and start playing. Also, check out the link to our Patreon. Um, thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of their song, Pond Hill is Finest, for the intro and outro of our podcast. And I think that is it. We'll see you next time. Join us next time. <laughs>